He's a native Texan, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a Tuesday morning. I have uh, lost my coffee at the moment, so we'll see what happens as I look around. Oh, there it is on the other side of the room. Thank you so much for tuning into the Hill Country Patriot. We are your information station. Got a great program lined up for you today. Um, we're going to be talking about, uh, man, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, one of the things, I'm going to go a little bit uh, out of Texas today. We're going to talk about uh, James Carville's comments that a lot of people have been uh, talking about over, I don't know, I guess the last three days. Uh, there's another take on it I'd like to bring to you today and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Texit today um but before before we get to all the meat of the show we got to talk about some events that are happening at this time of the year of course you know most people most of the um oh your your patriot groups and your different uh uh conservative organizations pretty much know that uh, in december is a time for family and uh, so we don't have a whole lot of meetings in December. Uh, there's a catch to that because, of course, we have primaries coming up in March. And so there's the big, there's the big only jumping up and down, Martha, in about the first week of January when someone says, you know, early voting is going to start in about six weeks. <laughs> and you're like, what, wait, what, what? And uh, so, yeah, I want you to be in contact with some of the candidates uh, during December. Please do so. In fact, there is an opportunity this afternoon to meet Kyle Biederman. It's also a fundraiser um, for Kyle Biederman, and uh, he is going to be, he is running to take back, uh, uh, you know, we I started to say take back his old seat, but that seat belongs to the people in this district and uh, we hire folks to go uh, represent us in Austin and uh, Kyle represented me and quite a few people in the hill country for three sessions we hired someone new after Kyle said he wanted to spend some time with his family and business so we hired someone new um, someone who came in and told us how great she was and then immediately went to Austin after elected and um, behaved in a manner that was uh, not consistent with uh, what she told us she was going to be and do. And so, um, Ellen Troxclair, it is time for you to go back to Austin. Um, and I mean that as far as, you know, on the city council or whatever it is you wanted to participate in the city of Austin. But we want our good conservative representation back in Austin for the Hill Country at the Capitol. And so tonight at 5 o'clock, starting at 5 o'clock at the Full Moon Inn, and that is in Lukenbach. And, I mean, it's like it's on Lukenbach Road. It is right across the street from uh, the entrances uh, there to Lukenbach and uh, about a 
banging about a quarter mile up Lukenbach Road. It's called the Full Moon Inn, and uh, that is owned by some good patriots, some good people. Jenny and Doug own that, just purchased that business. And uh, so this is their, I think this is their first really big event out there at the Full Moon Inn Bed and Breakfast. And um, go meet Kyle, bring your checkbook uh, today at 5 o'clock. And uh, for those of you especially who did not live in this district, who were not who were drawn into this district uh, in uh, 2020 and uh, did not know Kyle from when he represented us, this is a good time to go meet Kyle. And if you just moved here, go meet Kyle. Find out why it is so many conservatives want him back in Austin. So that's tonight at 5 o'clock at the Full Moon Inn b and on Lukenbach Road outside of Fredericksburg. All right, on the 18th, wait a minute, before we get to the 18th, we got to do all these in numerical order, right, in the order of the date. So on December 16th, that's this Saturday night, is a candlelight Christmas concert being put on by a really good friend of mine, and that would be Elizabeth Rose. And her and some of her friends are going to be singing, and uh, we got some instruments, and uh, it's a candlelight Christmas concert. It is going to be at the Moon Shadow Haven Chapel in Mountain Home, Texas. And um, if you want tickets, you need to go to ElizabethRoseMedia.com, ElizabethRoseMedia.com, and uh, you can get tickets for that. That is this Saturday at 7 o'clock. On Monday, the 18th, is last meeting of the year for the Kirk County Patriots. And they're going to be meeting at 451 Guadalupe Street, Monday night, the 18th, at 6 o'clock. And the notes I got said, uh, bring desserts. Well, there you go. Man, that's enough to get me in. Bring your desserts. And uh, so that is Monday, the 18th. A couple of things before I get to my Ben Franklin I was real serious on Friday when I said, I want your Christmas stories. I need you to tell me some Christmas stories that I can play and share. Share for you. Share for your family. Your family may not have heard all of these stories. Um, And so I'm offering to uh, do a a private recording, not on the air, not live, not live. But um, we will do it through an online studio, a cloud studio, and I will interview you and uh, let you tell your Christmas story. Make sure you, I'll make sure you get a copy of it that you can share with your family and friends, and then we'll play it on the air next week. I would love to have your Christmas stories, whether it's funny or, 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 um, funny or, or even if it's sad, it was uh, one of those Christmases where you had a loss, but you made it through and you learned a lesson. Listen, this uh, these stories are important, so let's preserve those stories. Share your stories. Get in touch with me. Share your Christmas story with me. Let's get it on the air so that other people can hear it. All right, a little bit of Ben Franklin before we take off and um, words of wisdom. Uh, here's one. Uh, the heart of a fool is in his mouth. The heart of a fool is in his mouth, but the mouth of a wise man is in his heart. The heart of a fool is in his mouth, but the mouth of a wise man is in his heart. Um, Folks, y'all stay tuned, um, and uh, we'll be right back. I'm going to take a minute to talk to you about modern podcast apps, and so we're going to do that when 
we are back. So y'all stay tuned. And uh, as I've already said three times, I'll be right back. He's a teacher and activist. In an effort to alleviate the effects of the anyone, anyone. And your host. Anyone. Matt Long on the Hill Country Patriot. Anyone. Merry Christmas from the Hill Country Patriot. Right, you're listening to the Matt Long Show. Thank you so much for staying tuned. Um, many of you might be listening on podcasts either later today and not listening live. I know I have really good friends who they're at the height, they're at the peak of their working between nine and ten, and say, "Matt, I can't. There's no way I can listen to you live. Don't worry, I don't take it personal." Um, but uh, you can find the podcasts. Listen, I love the podcasts when I go on road trips. I went to. Uh, it seems like I'm going to the Metroplex a lot these days on the weekends. Seems like a Friday afternoon taking off to the Metroplex and then neither getting back Saturday evening or Sunday evening. Um, and so during that drive, I love listening to podcasts. And uh, there's all kinds of uh, podcasts out there, including mine. Well, let me tell you something we're going to start seeing. And we started seeing this during 2020, <clears throat> during the uh, big COVID um <clears throat> Uh, pandemic and uh, scare the um, the kung flu uh, <laughs> the kung flu uh, insanity. Um, there were a lot of people who, on different uh, social media platforms, were speaking uh, truth and um, just sharing sharing their experiences, and maybe even some of us. I know Angela and I who. We, we both know our history, and so when the city of Fredericksburg started pulling some uh, stunts reminiscent of uh, Germany, 1930s Germany, we went online with a video on Facebook um, just going over the history lessons and how it seemed that um, our city council of Fredericksburg was uh, repeating uh, the history from early Germany, from uh, the 1930s Germany, by creating a tattle tool tale for you to turn in your neighbors and had all kinds of restrictions on our movement. And so we were speaking up about that on Facebook, and um, Facebook, without warning, cleared all of the Fredericksburg Tea Party's um, presence on the website. So what they did, not only did they um, uh, kick Fredericksburg Tea Party off of Facebook, they anybody who had ever been an administrator for the our facebook and if you own if you have a facebook page you're the administrator well if you have an, an organization you know that very often different people will be the administrator of your facebook uh page and and because you know it's not theirs it's the organizations and people will volunteer for a while well we had had about five or six different um uh, administrators for the Fredericksburg Tea Party website. So when Angela and I made that uh, comment and gave that history lesson, um, the the we were all kicked off of Facebook, including everyone who had ever been an administrator of our page, which included me, which included not only my personal Facebook, but my radio Facebook, my business Facebook, I'm sorry, not my radio, my business Facebook disappeared. 
everybody's without warning. I know one of the ladies who had um, who had uh, been an administrator not only had a personal page but had a had a, a business that she had been building that was an online business that depended on her presence on Facebook. Her account was completely taken off. So they took like six or seven or eight of us off in a fell swoop. Now, why do I say this? I say this because at some point, the um, this is going to start happening again. These major platforms are going to start messing with us, and I can see it going into this next election cycle that um, someone at um, the different places that I post podcasts um, and numerous other conservatives, you're just going to see them starting to disappear. It, it, it will happen. Those of us who speak truth and speak out against the establishment, we're going to get eliminated. And so those of you who are listening on a different of the standard podcast sites, and the ones I'm talking about would be like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. If you have an iPhone, you've got that little purple thing on there with the microphone on it. My podcasts, you can find them there if you have an iPhone. They're right there on, on the Apple Podcasts. If you have a, a, a non, if you have a Google phone, uh, Google Podcasts, my podcasts are there. Now, the problem is these are controlled by a very small group of people. And uh, if someone files a little bit of a complaint or you're speaking out against the establishment, they're going to remove you. They're going to remove me. So what I want you to do is I want you to start searching for and becoming familiar with the alternate um, uh, podcast apps. There are quite a few of them out there. Podcasting is starting to change some. There's a thing they're calling now the modern podcasts or podcast 2.0. Um, there's a whole lot of it. They are changing. It is more than just audio these days. And there's a lot of platforms going up that are not tied with the big boys. And so they can, in those places, you're, you're, I will not get eliminated. All right. So if you go to, if you're listening to my podcast or some other conservative and you're listening on, um, what's the one? Oh, for crying out loud. Uh, Spotify. Uh, you may open up Spotify someday and all my files be gone. Um, that's happened to several people. And, um, and so if that's true, are you ready? Do you know where to go and look? Well, I want, to, I want you to check out a site. And nope, they are not paying me to say this. Um, it's called modernpodcastapps.com modernpodcastapps.com. Now, there's a list there. You will find a list of these new, uh, and I'm going to say new, relatively new um, podcast platforms that are not the big boys, all right? Um, I have, I'm using a couple of them. I use uh, Podfans, Podfans on my uh, desktop at home. On my mobile, I have Podverse. Now, if you if you listen to regular podcasts on Spotify, and here's what I did when I went over to Podverse, I just uh, I started looking for all the people I listen to regularly, and they were all there on Podverse. And so I still kept Spotify is still on my phone, 
All right, it's right there. But I also have right next to it Podverse. And so when I want to uh, get caught up on my podcasts, when I want to listen to someone, uh, um, and man, there's a lot of good people out there. There's some good Texas uh, politic, uh, political commentaries out there on podcast sites. Um, that is, um, <clears throat> that's your opportunity. I want to encourage you to um, check out uh, pod, modernpodcastapps.com. And once you find one of those, pick one. <clears throat> like I said, keep your old one up there. You don't have to get rid of it. But just go to Podverse first and uh, go to Podfans first before you go to Spotify or Google or Apple or any of those big ones. And uh, that way, when they do pull me off, when they do kick me off of Spotify and Apple Podcasts for something, some piece of truth that I speak, you will not be flummoxed or flabbergasted. You will say, wait a minute, I've got that modern podcast app Matt told me about. And uh, so you'll just open up Podverse, Podfans, or one of those other ones. There's there's a whole list of them if you'll go to modernpodcastapps.com. Again, I am not, this is not a, uh, this is not a paid ad. This is uh, me just telling you where, where and how you can make sure that you and stay in touch and that you get the information you want to hear and not just what is, you know, prettied up and gussied up by, you know, Facebook and Instagram and all those guys. Um, and so you need to have an alternate ready to go because I'm, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of people disappear off of all the major platforms the closer we get to this next election. So there you go. I meant that to be about a two-minute uh, talk, but um, it's real important to me. And uh, so I wanted to um, just bring that up and have you start looking at different uh, podcast uh, apps, modernpodcastapps.com. Check it out. Um, yesterday, Angela and I were talking about the fact that Texit uh, is uh, uh, folks are trying to get the um, uh, the question of Texit onto the GOP primary ballot, and they can do that with a signature campaign. Now, let's be real clear. This is on the primary ballot, okay? So it essentially is no more than an opinion poll for Republicans. I want you to be I want to be very clear about that because the last thing I need is people freaking out next March when they go to the the um, polls and they go, "Oh Lord, have mercy, we have to vote whether Texas is Texas is going to become an independent country." No, no, no. They're trying to get it on the primary ballot. And it would just be on the Republican primary ballot. No, you know, we got we got Democrats that live here. And if Texas is going to become a country, it's going to take it's going to take a vote of some kind. And uh, yeah, the Democrats will have a voice in that. So <clears throat> this is going to be on the primary. They're going to try to get it on the primary ballot. Now, I gave you some wrong numbers yesterday. My apologies. Um, the idea was still proper, but the numbers were incorrect. So I don't know what the formula is. It probably has to do with how many people voted in the last uh, Republican primary or several primaries or something like that. 
but uh, there is a formula and for the uh, for you or for an organization to get a question put onto the GOP primary ballot it takes this year it takes 97,709 signatures okay like i said i don't know how they came up with that number it's not 97,708 it's 97,709 now those signatures all have to be verified and uh, if they find a signature that is misleading in other words there's a signature and an and an address or a voter id number that is not right it's it's maybe it was done on purpose maybe they didn't know what they were doing when they signed it you know they just yeah i'll sign a petition um maybe they who knows for whatever reason that might not be a valid signature now so that signature gets tossed out i also said yesterday i know that in quite a few different um when it comes to uh handing out uh, oh my goodness i lost the word um when it comes to passing these things out that if the one signature can ruin the whole page now i don't know if that's true for this um but i do know that um uh, certain uh, petitions if one signature on the page is incorrect the whole page gets tossed out so they have to verify now the average um uh, number of uh, signatures that get tossed out in this process is usually about 10%. Now, I don't know where they came up with that number, but that is what uh, this article in the Texans says, that uh, when you have uh, these uh, types of, of, of uh, signatures on these petitions, that the average is about 10% are not valid and get tossed. They don't get verified. So, um, they have right now T and M has 102,000 signatures. If the 10% average sticks with them, then they will end up with um, about 5,000 signatures short of getting onto the ballot. All right, so that would um, that would uh, not happen, but that may not happen. Maybe they've done a real good job, but the deadline was yesterday. So we're going to find out real soon if that's going to be on the ballot the question of should Texas consider and start working towards a process of 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 um, of becoming an independent country. We we need a we th- this is a lifeboat. This is a lifeboat. We, we I, I think we need to have that plan in place in case. Um, yeah. In case the uh, peanut butter hits the uh, fan with the country. You know, before I take a break, one of the questions that um, there's two two questions that come up, one from each side on the Texas national movement. One of them on the side says, look, you're a fringe movement. Would you just get over this? This is a majority of Texans don't want to leave. You're a fringe movement. There's just a few of you. You're a bunch of nutbags. Um, and uh, there's just a few of you. If that's the case, then let's get it on that ballot. And if, you know, 5 or 10% say they're interested in that, and if it really is true, a minority movement of, of half-baked uh, lunatics, 
that want this, then that'll show up in the poll. And I promise you, TNM will go away. They will crawl in a hole and go away if that number is really low. Because they've said it. All right? Um, But they know, and I know, and so many people know that it is not a fringe movement. It is not a minority movement. And uh, so we need to see this on the ballot. The discussion needs to start. And um, I will let you know um, as soon as I hear it as to how many of those uh, signatures were verified. Did they get 97,709 um, valid signatures to get this onto the March primary, the GOP ballot? All right, um, we're going to take a short break, and uh, we'll be right back. 100% He's 100% Texan. Matt Log on the Hill Country Patriot. All right, I am back. You're listening to the Matt Long Show on the Hill Country Patriot. Um, yeah, I don't have any Christmas music in my bumper music yet. I'll have some next week. I'll have it next week. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah I, 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 I want one week's worth of Christmas music. I love it. But um, on my program, one week will be plenty enough. So um, there's an article. This is something I rarely do. By the way. If you're uh, tuning in today and you haven't heard Pastor Greg today, he's always on here on Tuesdays. He has got a bad flu bug. No, it's not the Kung flu. He got test. He got tested. It's the uh, whatever type A flu, something like that. And I gave him my did my regular Monday evening call with him, and he was miserable. So um, pray for um, Pastor Greg today. Get over the flu. Nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah, the flu can be serious, uh, but he's just got a nasty flu bug, and boy, he was sounding horrible. But the article that I had sent him was an article in the Washington Stand, and uh, this is um, a a Christian based um, out of uh, D.C. Um, a news and opinion uh, website uh, called WashingtonStand.com. And uh, they base their, their, underneath their banner at the top, it has Ephesians 6 and 13, and having done all, stand firm. And so this is uh, their opinion and news comes from, it has a Christian uh, bend to it. So Ben Johnson wrote a commentary, I believe on the 5th, because this is about a week old, um, when, uh, and this hit all the national news, was when James Carville um, you know who he is, that squeaky crap. Man, the guy's a, yeah, you know who James Carville is. And he got on there and he said, it's a bigger threat than Al-Qaeda to this country. I don't know if that's a good Carville thing, but uh, he said that Christians were a bigger threat than Al-Qaeda to this country. You know, we've been hearing a lot like that. If you remember right after uh, 9-11 or uh, right after uh, September 11th, there was uh, a number of people who gave it, who gave the dust a day or two to settle before saying, equivocating uh, the actions of Muslims on September 11th 
to what they believe that um, Christian nationalists are going to do. Well, what is a Christian nationalist? To them, when you hear the left say Christian nationalist, what they're saying is that a they that we want that a Christian we a Christian nationalist wants, according to their definition, a Christian nationalist wants to create a single religion for the country. All right, that's what they believe is a Christian nationalist. And they take comments from people like you and I and David Barton and and more recently our new speaker Johnson, and they take comments along the, the when we talk about the founding of this country being, you know, the Christ, Judeo-Christian ideas, they take those comments, they take them out of context. Gee, I'm shocked that they would do that. But they take those comments out of out of uh, uh, of context, and they say, "See, that's what they want. They they want a they want a Baptist preacher running the country and a bunch of Church of Christ elders, you know, to be in each of the uh, positions of each of the cabinet positions. Make everybody get baptized. Take them all down to the river, all the heathens down to the river, and dunk them, folks. That is not what we're talking about." And, and I think it's important that we as Christians, that as churches and as pastors, that we discuss this to the point that you and I, normal everyday people, when they hear someone say these, talk about Christian nationalists or the threat of Christians to the country, we need to be able to defend that and explain that. Um, I think for so many years we have taken the out, uh, the attitude of, you know, I'm I'm going to be a duck and uh, that's just going to flow off my back. That water that that we're just going to flow off my back. I'm not going to say anything else. I'm not going to I'm going to turn my cheek, and I'm just going to let them say whatever they want to about us. What the problem is, folks, and we're seeing that now in our young kids. We're seeing where 20%, and I saw this on TV uh, last uh, last couple of nights, where 20% of our kids that are in their 20s do not even believe that the Holocaust happened. You know why? Because the only one that's telling them about those things are the leftist progressives in the classrooms. And, and we have, for so many years now, those of us on the right, those of us believers, those who understand the founding of this country, have been just happy and quiet enough to let them go ahead and speak those untruths and, and not speak back to them. There is a, there is a spiritual battle here. And, and some of the evidence that you will see in this spiritual battle and, and is when the, when the other side starts trying to use, starts trying to use the, um, when the other side, I have completely lost track of how I was going to say that. When the other side starts using terms, Christian terms, our terms, all right. For example, the um, when Joe Biden said, "I believe we are in a battle for the soul of this nation," 
he, he's using he's using the our language. He's using the language of soul of Christian. That's what a Christians believe in. We believe in a soul. The, the, these guys on the left don't believe in God. How can someone like him talk about the soul of a country and he uses our language when he doesn't really fit with, he, that's, not who the, that's not who he is. Um, there was another statement along the lines of that, and, but they will use our words against us. They will use our ideas against us. And when you hear Satan quoting scripture, when you hear the when you hear the left using christian language you then know that it is a spiritual battle all right and that is uh, that is what's going on and the and this is what carville and so many others like liz cheney um, who have said that you know this is uh, this is what they want. They want a uh, they want a pastor uh, for the president and a bunch of elders in the um, in the the different posts and make Christianity the official religion of the country. That's not who we are and what we want. It's not at all. And we need to be able to fight back against that. And um, I apologize if I've kind of stumbled through this defense, um, but um, we need to start speaking up. And we need to understand that when this language starts, um, that this is a precursor. This is a precursor to acts that... um, very likely could be Christian persecution. We're seeing Jewish persecution now. If this keeps up, if this social justice attitude keeps going, then uh, the next in line is going to be Christians. And um, if you want your Jewish friends to help you stand up and fight, then you're going to have to stand up and fight for your Jewish friends right now because it's about, I believe, it's about to come next. I think we Christians are next um again this is a good article it's better than me explaining it i kind of stumbled around through it but i would suggest reading this article it's on the washington stand it was written by ben johnson and the title of it is the spiritual reason democrats call christians a bigger threat than al-qaeda all right folks we're gonna take a short break when we get back i will get caught up on um uh, the advent so y'all stay tuned he doesn't just complain into a microphone blah 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 matt log on the hill country patriot All right, I am back. Last quarter of the Matt Long Show on Tuesday, 12-12-23. A couple of um, races I have mentioned this before. There's, man, a lot of challengers to the Transpublican incumbents. And what is a Transpublican? Well, they used to be known as rhinos, but that name is just worn completely out. 
Um, and so I'm calling them transpublicans because they are Democrats in uh, Republican makeup and uh, clothing, and uh, they are, yeah, transpublicans. And uh, they got exposed this year. Um, and one of the ways they got exposed was with the impeachment of Paxton. Another way that these transpublicans were exposed was uh, through the school choice uh, bill. Um, another way that these transpublicans were exposed was the long discussion we had about Democrat chairs in a Republican-held House and Senate. Um, now, the there was a, a, a Lieutenant Dan, our Lieutenant Governor, Dan Patrick, who has given me permission to call him Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan um, said that he was going to keep one, in this last session, he was going to keep one uh, Democrat in his seat because he had been a chairman of this committee for many, many years, and, and uh, so... He was not going to uh, kick John Whitmire out, but that was the last um, um, uh, Democrat who was chairing a committee in the Senate. So, in fact, even in January, um, he knew that um, he knew that uh, Whitmire was that Dan Patrick knew that Whitmire was going to be running for mayor, and he even made a statement and uh, saying that. Um, that if uh, Whitmire is elected the mayor of Texas, that will be his uh, last. Uh, that will be the last Democrat chair in a Republican Senate. So, Whitmire did win Houston. So that's good news. So there we go. We now have with uh, Senator Whitmire now no longer a senator. Um, the Senate in the next legislative session will have all of the committees chaired by Republicans, and uh, we need to push for the House to do that. Now, the the there are candidates out there. There's a new one I've already talked to you about, the challenger to Dade Phelan, uh, Mr. Dave uh, uh, David Covey. Um, there are other challengers out there we've talked about. Kyle Biederman is challenging Ellen Troxclair. Needs your support. There's a new one that popped up yesterday on my radar, and that is Shelley Luther. Now, who is Shelley Luther? She was the woman who owned a, this is just your regular, everyday uh, woman, a mom, who owned a business and uh, decided, you know what, during COVID, she said, I'm not going to close my business now. And so she didn't close her business down. She ended up going to jail. Shelly Luther spent, I believe, two, maybe three nights in jail because she wanted to open her business during the COVID. So Shelly Luther just announced she's going to run against Reggie Smith. She ran against him in the last race. And I believe, uh, I think there may have been 10 or 12 points between them. I think she can win it this time because uh, uh, State Rep. Smith is one of those trans publicans. So if you're out there looking for someone to support um, and you've got Wes Verdell, you're already supporting Wes Verdell, or you're already supporting Kyle Biederman, if you can spread the wealth a little bit out, help us in some of these other races, David Covey. Um, Shelly Luther, um, if you want a list of some of these other good conservatives that are running to take uh, seats away from 
that are currently being represented by trans publicans. Shelley Luther is another good one. So there we go. Let's get to day 11 and day 12 of the Advent. Yesterday we had talked about uh, the trip to uh, that Joseph and Mary took, and there was a correspondent in 2008 who wanted to redo the trip. This was not an easy trip. It was um, the long way was uh, about 140 miles long. That's a long ways to travel on a donkey and walking. Man. But I guess if people are walking from South America all the way to Texas, which I don't believe they are, but if they can do that, then uh, 140 miles doesn't seem a whole lot. But it was a whole lot. It still is a whole lot. So here we go. There's also elevation in there. Now figure the elevation points. Nazareth is at 1,200 feet. Jericho at 1,000 feet. Jerusalem at 24. Bethlehem at 2550 feet. So there was all kinds of 2200 feet of downhill then 35 feet there was a lot of climbing all right on a 120 to 140 mile trip wow i don't know about you but learning about these geographic details of their journey causes my appreciation for what mary and joseph went through to grow by leaps and bounds and remember they both overcame every single one of the obstacles and difficulties that life put in their way just so the Advent story wouldn't be a fairy tale. So day 12 is Bethlehem. At the time of the Advent story, Bethlehem was just a tiny town with a population of only about 2,500. During major Jewish festivals and celebrations, it served as a kind of extension of the capital, Jerusalem since it was only five miles away. Sounds like a suburb to me. Now remember, it wasn't a flat, comfortable five miles. The walk from Jerusalem to Bethlehem was more of a narrow path, a hiking trail, if you will. When they finally entered the town, they found a rural setting that was more famous as a home for sheep herders than anything else. Bethlehem was where the money-grubbing priests kept most of the sacrificial sheep they were grooming for sale at the temple. Huge herds grazed in the fields outside Bethlehem and were the number one boost for the local economy. So what does all this say about Bethlehem? It was hard to pick. It was hard to get to, very rural, tiny, and smelly. Then why did God pick Bethlehem as his son's birthplace? You would think that he would select Jerusalem, the kingly city for the king of kings, but not so with God. He picked the town nobody was thinking about, the one that was not on anybody's must-see list. Do you sometimes feel around other people as Bethlehem appeared among the cities and towns of Palestine? Nothing special, not pretty, handsome, clothes not as nice, living in the rundown part of town, poor, lower class, and not many friends? Well, you see, in Jesus' day, nobody really dreamed about visiting Bethlehem but since the advent, no world traveler would think of visiting that part of the world and not stopping in Bethlehem. The advent changed it all for that little town, and it can do the same for you too. You just have to do what Bethlehem did. What was that, you ask? Bethlehem cooperated and went along with God's plan. It did not fight the plan. It allowed itself to be used by God. Folks, y'all stay tuned for Lorraine, and um, we will see you back in here manana.
KRNH HD2, Kerrville.